Chapter Twenty Eight of Astoria, or Anecdotes of an Enterprise Beyond the Rocky Mountains by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Region of the Crow Indians, Scouts on the Lookout, Visit from a Crew of Hard Riders, A Crow Camp, Presents to the Crow Chief, Bargaining, Crow Bullies, Rose among his Indian friends, Parting with the Crows, Perplexities among the Mountains more of the crows equestrian children search after stragglers the travellers had now arrived in the vicinity of the mountain regions infested by the crow indians these restless marauders as has already been observed are apt to be continually on the prowl about the skirts of the mountains and even when encamped in some deep and secluded glen they keep scouts upon the cliffs and promontories who unseen themselves can discern every living thing that moves over the subjacent plains and valleys it was not to be expected that our travellers could pass unseen through a region thus vigilantly sentinelled accordingly in the edge of the evening not long after they had encamped at the foot of the bighorn sierra a couple of wild-looking beings scantily clad in skins but well armed and mounted on horses as wild-looking as themselves were seen approaching with great caution from among the rocks they might have been mistaken for two of the evil spirits of the mountains so formidable in indian fable rose was immediately sent out to hold a parley with them and invite them to the camp they proved to be two scouts from the same band that had been tracked for some days past and which was now encamped at some distance in the folds of the mountain they were easily prevailed upon to come to the camp where they were well received and after remaining there until late in the evening departed to make a report of all they had seen and experienced to their companions the following day had scarce dawned when a troop of these wild mountain scamperers came galloping with whoops and yells into the camp bringing an invitation from their chief for the white men to visit him the tents were accordingly struck the horses laden and the party were soon on the march the crow horsemen as they escorted them appeared to take pride in showing off their equestrian skill and hardihood careering at full speed on their half-savage steeds and dashing among rocks and crags and up and down the most rugged and dangerous places with perfect ease and unconcern a ride of sixteen miles brought them in the afternoon in sight of the crow camp it was composed of leathern tents pitched in a meadow on the border of a small clear stream at the foot of the mountain a great number of horses were grazing in the vicinity many of them doubtless captured in marauding excursions the crow chieftain came forth to meet his guests with great professions of friendship and conducted them to his tents pointing out by the way a convenient place where they might fix their camp no sooner had they done so than mr hunt opened some of the packages and made the chief a present of a scarlet blanket and a quantity of powder and ball he gave him also some knives trinkets and tobacco to be distributed among his warriors with all which the grim potentate seemed for the time well pleased as the crows however were reputed to be perfidious in the extreme and as errant freebooters as the bird after which they were so worthily named and as their general feelings towards the whites were known to be by no means friendly the intercourse with them was conducted with great circumspection 
the following day was passed in trading with the crows for buffalo robes and skins and in bartering galled and jaded horses for others that were in good condition some of the men also purchased horses on their own account so that the number now amounted to one hundred and twenty-one most of them sound and active and fit for mountain service their wants being supplied they ceased all further traffic much to the dissatisfaction of the crows who became extremely urgent to continue the trade and finding their importunities of no avail assumed an insolent and menacing tone all this was attributed by mr hunt and his associates to the perfidious instigations of rose the interpreter whom they suspected of the desire to foment ill-will between them and the savages for the promotion of his nefarious plans mcclellan with his usual trenchant mode of dealing out justice resolved to shoot the desperado on the spot in case of any outbreak nothing of the kind however occurred the crows were probably daunted by the resolute though quiet demeanour of the white men and the constant vigilance and armed preparations which they maintained and rose if he really still harboured his knavish designs must have perceived that they were suspected and if attempted to be carried into effect might bring ruin on his own head the next morning bright and early mr hunt proposed to resume his journeying he took a ceremonious leave of the crow chieftain and his vagabond warriors and according to previous arrangements consigned to their cherishing friendship and fraternal adoption their worthy confederate rose who having figured among the water pirates of the mississippi was well fitted to rise to distinction among the land pirates of the rocky mountains it is proper to add that the ruffian was well received among the tribe and appeared to be perfectly satisfied with the compromise he had made feeling much more at his ease among savages than among white men it is outcasts from justice and heartless desperadoes of this kind who sow the seeds of enmity and bitterness among the unfortunate tribes of the frontier there is no enemy so implacable against a country or a community as one of its own people who has rendered himself an alien by his crimes right glad to be delivered from this treacherous companion mr hunt pursued his course among the skirts of the mountain in a southern direction seeking for some practicable defile by which he might pass through it none such presented however in the course of fifteen miles and he encamped on a small stream still on the outskirts the green meadows which border these mountain streams are generally well stocked with game and the hunters killed several fat elks which supplied the camp with fresh meat in the evening the travellers were surprised by an unwelcome visit from several crows belonging to a different band from that which they recently left and who said their camp was among the mountains the consciousness of being environed by such dangerous neighbours and of being still within the range of rose and his fellow ruffians obliged the party to be continually on the alert and to maintain weary vigils throughout the night lest they should be robbed of their horses on the third of september finding that the mountain still stretched onwards presenting a continued barrier they endeavoured to force a passage to the westward but soon became entangled among rocks and precipices which set all their efforts at defiance 
the mountains seemed for the most part rugged bare and sterile yet here and there it was clothed with pines and with shrubs and flowering plants some of which were in bloom in toiling among these weary places their thirst became excessive for no water was to be met with numbers of the men wandered off into rocky dells and ravines in hopes of finding some brook or fountain some of whom lost their way and did not rejoin the main party after a day of painful and fruitless scrambling mr hunt gave up the attempt to penetrate in this direction and returning to the little stream on the skirts of the mountain pitched his tents within six miles of his encampment of the preceding night he now ordered that signals should be made for the stragglers in quest of water but the night passed away without their return the next morning to their surprise rose made his appearance at the camp accompanied by some of his crow associates his unwelcome visit revived their suspicions but he announced himself as a messenger of good will from the chief who finding they had taken the wrong road had sent rose and his companions to guide them to a nearer and better one across the mountain having no choice being themselves utterly at fault they set out under this questionable escort they had not gone far before they fell in with the whole party of crows who they now found were going the same road with themselves the two cavalcades of white and red men therefore pushed on together and presented a wild and picturesque spectacle as equipped with various weapons and in various garbs with trains of pack-horses they wound in long lines through the rugged defiles and up and down the crags and steeps of the mountain the travellers had again an opportunity to see and admire the equestrian habitudes and address of this hard-riding tribe they were all mounted man woman and child for the crows have horses in abundance so that no one goes on foot the children are perfect imps on horseback among them was one so young that he could not yet speak he was tied on a colt of two years old but managed the reins as if by instinct and plied the whip with true indian prodigality mr hunt inquired the age of this infant jockey and was answered that he had seen two winters this is almost realizing the fable of the centaurs nor can we wonder at the equestrian adroitness of these savages who are thus in a manner cradled in the saddle and become in infancy almost identical with the animal they bestride the mountain defiles were exceedingly rough and broken and the travelling painful to the burdened horses the party therefore proceeded but slowly and were gradually left behind by the band of crows who had taken the lead it is more than probable that mr hunt loitered in his course to get rid of such doubtful fellow-travellers certain it is that he felt a sensation of relief as he saw the whole crew the renegade rose and all disappear among the windings of the mountain and heard the last yelp of the savages die away in the distance when they were fairly out of sight and out of hearing he encamped on the headwaters of the little stream of the preceding day having come about sixteen miles here he remained all the succeeding day as well to give time for the crows to get in the advance as for the stragglers who had wandered away in quest of water two days previously to rejoin the camp 
indeed considerable uneasiness began to be felt concerning these men lest they should become utterly bewildered in the defiles of the mountains or should fall into the hands of some marauding band of savages some of the most experienced hunters were sent in search of them others in the meantime employed themselves in hunting the narrow valley in which they encamped being watered by a running stream yielded fresh pasturage and though in the heart of the bighorn mountains was well stocked with buffalo several of these were killed as also a grizzly bear in the evening to the satisfaction of all parties the stragglers made their appearance and provisions being in abundance there was hearty good cheer in the camp End of chapter twenty eight